0: Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and with me in the studio is my sidekick, Aurora. Hello, Hello Aurora. Hi. How's it going?
1: It's 80% humidity out here, so that's pretty exciting.
0: Feels a little bit like summer.
1: A little bit, finally.
0: Yeah, it has been a long, cool summer, hasn't it? hmm We have a very special guest today. Her name is Dr. Donna Embry, and she's the director of the International College of Bioenergetic Medicine. And I just want to say that to see if I could get it out without stumbling over <laughs> my words. And it was very interesting interviewing her. She really has a lot to say about chronic disease and health in general. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So, Aurora, what? oops, one more thing I wanted to mention. We have been sending out, we did a little pilot study on Restore. We interviewed Dr. Zach Bush a few episodes ago, and we sent out uh, small samples of Restore to a few people, and we've gotten the preliminary results. If you're interested in hearing what happened with the results, go ahead and sign up for our insider's mailing list on the website, which is
1: www.limeninjaradio.com.
0: And we'll be sending out the information about the results of that study and links to restore and some information about it uh, later on. It was pretty exciting. Uh, It seems to have pretty much an immediate impact with some people with brain fog, so it's pretty cool. All right. Okay, tell us about Dr. Donna Embry. All
1: right. Dr. Donna Embry is the director of the International College of Bioenergetic Medicine and president of Bioenergetic Resources. Her 20 years of clinical experience helped her create a system for creating sustainable results in healing chronic illness. Other practitioners became aware of her success in treating patients, and her role as a teacher and mentor to those people inspired her to create the International College of Bioenergetic Medicine, as well as a wide and diverse curriculum that provides education to naturopaths, chiropractors, medical doctors, and practitioners of oriental medicine. She has spent the past nine years as a consultant to healthcare providers, where she focuses on assisting them to provide individualized solution to their patients in the context of the inherent design, and wisdom of the human body.
0: Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview.
1: This is Donna. Hello, Donna.
0: It's McKay Rippey with Lime Ninja Radio. Hello. How are you today?
2: Good. How are you doing? Pretty good.
0: I'm just settling in and getting ready to talk to you and doing some research, and I discovered you're a
2: twin. (sighs) You did? (laughs) <laughs> it, it I am. Yes, I'm an identical twin. I have
0: identical twin daughters.
2: Oh my gosh. There is no closer bond on the planet that I am aware of.
0: It is the truth. There's one one of my favorite images, um, and they don't quite do it now that they're 25 as much. They used to sit in a chair together and read the same book at the same time.
2: Oh, yeah. I can so relate to that. And did they have their own language they, before they started speaking English?
0: They never developed their own. They jumped right in with us with English.
2: Wow. How about you? Oh, we have our own language. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And... um and still do to some extent. I mean we can we can just look at each other and, and know. So very very, very, very I feel so blessed to be a twin.
0: And was she part of your animal clinics when you were very yes. young?
2: Yes. Yes. So Yeah, we we did that together.
0: And that was really your first foray into helping and healing, right?
2: Yes, it was. And, you know, part of, um, part of what led into that was um, our realization that our hands could heal. Hmm. And, um, you know, when you have small children are so aware of not only their five senses, but their six senses. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And we're all born with them, but we get them trained out of us. You know, get into the real world and, you know, that's your imagination working overtime is what the adults around tell small children who are in this state of wonder. And they're actually using their navigation equipment in the right way. Mm -hmm. And so much of the work that I do is helping people to practitioners specifically, uh, to start to be more aware of their innate gifts, because at one level, we are all medical intuitives. We're designed to heal each other. And, um, so at a young age, it was, um, mine and Diane's realization that we could actually heal by using our hands and and that, that words affected energy fields. And um, we spent a lot of time playing this game that we called watching people's actions. And what we would do is we would sit in a, a crowded room and we would watch the conversations that people were having. And what would happen as a result of the agreements that they form during their conversations. And, you know, we have a tendency as human beings to agree on what's wrong, like, Oh, the weather is bad, whatever, you know, we're Mm -hmm. we're constantly looking for this uh, point of agreement so that we can relate to one another. And yet, if we start to become more aware that we are, powerful beyond belief and that our thoughts become things and even more so that when you agree with another person, um, it actually creates an energy field that is carried forward from there. So that's a, that's a lot into your small question about um, being a twin and how that led up to treating animals and uh, really developed the, the work that we're doing together now.
0: So let's continue right down this this wonderful path that we're on. So what do you see happening when somebody has a chronic illness that they're not, they haven't been able to shake yet? And the, sort of the agreements around them start solidifying the way things are.
2: So it's uh, um, it's a complex topic. And when I say that, uh, going into your podcast, there are there are a number of things that we can talk about, mm-hmm. and um, I'm able to talk about Lyme at any level with any um, specialist around the globe. It doesn't matter if they're trained in Chinese medicine, or they're an allopathic physician, or they're a surgeon, or they're a chiropractor. Um, when we start talking about the emotional aspects, we're kind of getting into the fray. You know what I mean by that?
3: Mm-hmm. It's,
2: it's, a, it's a place that's kind of um, uncharted territory for the vast majority of people, although where medicine is moving today, it's um, becoming more and more known. And I don't know about your your listeners, but it's becoming more and more well-known that the mind-body connection, specifically the energetic aspect of the body is where chronic degenerative disease is anchored.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit. Um, I'm getting to know my audience. I've been doing this less than a year now. And, okay. Um, we have about what forty-three episodes are out. So we we've been cranking them out pretty well, and interviewing people who are let's say winning with their or moving forward with their path with Lyme disease. Almost mm-hmm. all of them go back and say, you know, Lyme has been this incredible teacher. Yeah. And. As opposed to you talk to people who are right, like you said, right in the fray, what, right stuck with thing. It's much. They're, they don't feel like they're learning. They feel like like they're struggling, and and also it seems to to really put uh, them up against their whether agreements that they have with their their loved ones, their families, and a lot of them they have to shift friendships and relationships in order to move forward and heal.
2: Yes, we could call it, we could call it the gift of Lyme (laughs) because it really is. And um, the individuals that really um, learn how to listen to the message that's been given to them are the ones who can transform their lives. And the body's designed to maintain
3: health.
2: Mm -hmm. It's designed to overcome degenerative disease and you know that symptoms are, are simply the body's cry for help. So if we learn to listen to the symptoms and think more deeply into what is it I is trying to tell me.
0: So one of the things that seems to come up frequently with people struggling in the struggle phase with Lyme um and also which intersects with with one of the things you write about frequently is detoxification so you write about yeah. and teach about living in a toxic world and how to detoxify without damaging tissue and i think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that that really needs to be either learned or relearned and especially with yeah. some of the medications that people are on and that to help them with Lyme disease or that they think they need to take can be creating as much toxicity as the Borrelia and whatever other infections are in there as well. So what, what is it about detoxification that's, that's so important a, and then like, what do we need to learn about it? How come we don't just already know this stuff? It seems so basic.
2: So um, if we were to look at um, some of the top topics that you have touched on so far, um, I'm sure there's been um, mention of the microbiome, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Okay. And what about homotoxicology?
0: Uh, I don't know what that is.
2: Okay. How about uh, Chinese medicine?
0: I'm an acupuncturist.
2: Okay. So you know the Ko-Sheng cycle very well and five element theory. And, um, you know, when we look at, When we look at bioenergetic medicine, uh, the the true definition of bioenergetic medicine is that it encompasses all models of medicine because we are bioenergetic beings. Mm -hmm. We are biology and we're energy. We're actually 7% biology and 93% energy. The trouble is when we look at detoxification and we look at the current way to assess your Lyme, uh, those are largely focused on the physical aspects. Mm-hmm. And, and Lyme, the components of Lyme are anchored deep, deep, deep within the nucleus of the cells. Um, and much of it is passed on generationally. And so there's an inherent weakness. We pick up Lyme on people who never express symptoms. And the difference is that they have a strong immune system and they have a certain attitude about life. And so Lyme is simply the breakdown of the microbiome. The microbiome is our immune system. And we know that for every one cell in our body, there are 10 microbes, and those microbes run everything. They run our biochemistry. We can't create nutrients without microbes. But the thing that people don't understand, and we really haven't had the years to study, um, we really haven't had the years to study the virome yet. Um, the virome is the, uh, it's the research that we will eventually look at that looks at the healthy viruses that live within our bodies. We can't produce a new cell. We cannot create a new cell without a virus. And so uh, when we look at the complex situation of Lyme, our microbiome has, destroyed by environmental toxins by toxic thought patterns and we've set up an environment for these rogue microbes to come in and take over and then they you know they create the the biofilms, the clacking, right and they pleomorph. so we've got a really complex problem here but instead of fighting line we need to look at giving the body what it needs to eliminate it on its own because it's designed for that.
0: Fabulous. I love it. So what do we need? Is it individual? Is it something that society is missing?
2: It's individualized. Well, we could look at it on a societal level, too. Um, you know, the going back to the first thing that we were talking about um, relative to me being a twin, And relative to the problem that we have where adults take children and they tell them to stop feeling and to stop following their bliss and to start fitting in and paying attention to what you can touch and feel. We're designed to live life from the inside out, but the society that we have right now quickly teaches children that you need to live from the outside in. So So when we disconnect like that...
0: Can you give mm -hmm, me an example? Because I think I know what you mean, but I'm not 100% sure, and I want to make sure everybody listening understands what you mean from the inside out.
2: So when when we look at living life from the inside out, um, each one of us were born to do something that no one else can do. And I know that that sounds, um, kind of spiritual, but when we look at bioenergetic medicine, it's the bridge where science and spirit meet. Okay. And so just by our very design early on, um, I was very, uh, much immersed in early childhood education. And what I did is I took young preschoolers, um, and I took them into a learning environment where there were different types of centers. One was to develop more of their mathematical skills. There was a dress-up area, which was more for social play. There was a uh, creative arts area where they got to play with all different types of mediums. and. The way the program worked was I watched the way that children were naturally drawn to certain areas. Mm -hmm. And that taught me a lot about their innate gifts and their comfort zones. We had 13 functional learning areas. And what we would do is when we would see that, say, they were drawn to the art center, Mm -hmm. we would set up artful um, activities in the math area so that they would become more well-versed in the different designs of people so that they could relate with anybody on any level and still be themselves. And so when I talk about living life from the inside out, it's knowing yourself It's knowing your gifts and, um, as a child of being nurtured to explore more in those areas, but also go to your edge of your comfort zone. And so constantly being nurtured to be that individual that you were born to be, that doesn't happen. Then there's a disconnect from the inner. There's more of a connection to the outer where the kids start seeking approval where they're constantly looking outside of themselves to make sure that they're doing it right. And when that happens, there's a disconnect from the natural flow of life. And it is that disconnect that leads to all dis-ease. Mm. Dis-ease is lack of ease, lack of flow, lack of connection. And so a big part of what we do at bioenergetic through bioenergetic medicine and the trainings that we provide, first we, we work with the practice nurse. Practitioners today, the doctors, are following someone else's model. Yeah. They're following whatever it was they learned. And if you go to a doctor, they are going to have solutions based on the curriculum that they went through. And the curriculum often has a certain agenda. Let's say that if you go to a MD, uh, the curriculum in this country right now is funded by chemical drug companies. Right. The solutions are going to be chemical drugs. Every time. If you go to a naturopath, they're more immersed in nature. And so they're going to be nature-based. If you go to a homeopath, their solutions are, you know, based in like cures like. Mm-hmm. Their solutions are going to be homeopathic. There's a thousand ways to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and the important thing is that we work with the individual's desires and wishes and their designs. And so when when I look at the the big disconnect there, that that's our starting point is helping everybody to understand that their body is a bioregulatory system it's designed to heal itself it's designed to maintain health and that if that isn't happening there's a block in the flow system somewhere and if we can identify the block and provide the right solutions at the right time then the individual naturally gets well So when we look at the energetic blockages that work out, much of them happen between um, the time that the individual is in their mama's womb Mm -hmm. up until the age of seven. There's a subconscious programming that's taking place. And they learn about the way the world works. They learn um, about whether they're important or not or if they're a burden. They learn if it's okay to be themselves or if they need to make everyone else happy so that they can relax and be safe. So there's a lot that happens and there's no discerning element contained within the child. It's almost like they have this black box flight recorder. Right. It's downloading all of the interaction.
0: Whatever's going on around them, right?
2: Exactly. And, you know, you can spend years in some kind of therapy, be trying to get at that, but it never works. Mm-hmm. What really, what on a large scale, um, if we focus more on the individual's gifts and their desires, um, that doesn't mean that we're not going to address some of the subconscious sabotaging patterns, but it's all a part of it. And so we want to have remedies that can help with that to unlock the autonomic nervous system right. because you know the body can't heal without it. Um, And so we want to look at the energetic remedies, which are going to be homeopathy, flower essences, combine them with herbal remedies, and specifically herbal remedies that the body can use. There are many herbal remedies out there that a Lyme patient isn't going to be able to assimilate because their digestive systems are a hot mess. Right. And then there's the whole nutritional piece as well. but. You know, going back to the energetic component and the disconnect from the the unique gifts. I love, you know, just sitting with the patient or sitting with the practitioner and asking them some open ended questions. And the way that they answer those questions gives information to who they are, what their gifts and talents are. So it's it's pretty easy to get them reconnected and then from there if we educate them about the way that their bodies work and what their body might be telling them. So we teach them to listen to their body and, you know, uh, discover what the body's trying to tell them and then have the right solutions. The supplements, the remedies, the pills, the antibiotics are just a small part of overcoming Lyme, just a small, small part. If we put all of our efforts into finding the right cure and we're looking for someone outside of ourselves to fix us, it's going to be a long journey. So, but isn't that the
0: dominant model that we're swimming in and have been swimming in for a while? So... Yeah. So you you're what you're advocating is a whole restructuring of the way people tend to themselves as opposed to going to the doctor and you know getting the tune up and okay your cholesterol's now 203 here you're on this drug and your blood pressure is this number over that number so you get this drug and now I'm fixed I can't tell you how many times I've I stopped asking these questions. I'd ask people, Well, you know, and how's you know, how's your health? How's this? How's that? And everybody would say, Oh, I'm fine. Okay, and then tell me the medications you're on and they'd list twelve medications.
2: Right. And I and
0: I, right. I, I thought you said you didn't have hypertension. Oh, but it's under control. Yes. Which, which meant
2: Yes, and right? <laughs> it's so true. And you know, the model of medicine that we have right now has only been around for a hundred years.
0: Well, you're being generous, I think.
2: <laughs> well, everything shifted. You know that the medical colleges in the U.S. were actually founded as homeopathic colleges, mm-hmm. and it was the main model of medicine between before uh, 1910, 1914. But what happened was the Carnegie Association. You know, the Flexner Report came in. Yep so they actually hired somebody to write um guidelines for medical education and he wasn't a doctor and basically it said that um the the medical the guidelines for medical education needed to be based on the scientific method well the scientific method is simply a way of thinking yeah and so anything that didn't follow that way of thinking was thrown out and, and what came in was this new model of medicine and it was the, you know, you want to be able to diagnose or find the name for the illness and then prescribe the right pill or the right drug. A large majority of my patients were geriatric patients who were born Or they had parents that were born before the Flexner Report came in. And these people all knew their bodies were designed to heal themselves. They knew that. It was easy. And so we haven't had the shift in our thinking for very long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that whole model looks at that my body is out of control. And I need to find someone that can get it under control. And that, um, you know, I love prescription drugs. I love advances in medicine that we've had. Um, I love the diagnostics. I believe there's a time and a place for everything. And so when you look at the um, the amazing advancements that we've had in medicine, it's great. But when you take that and you combine it um, with the wide variety medicines out there that are tried and true for thousands of years, like Ayurvedic medicine, like Chinese medicine, like homeopathy, and you bring them together into a complete system and you match the patient to the right models, that is truly providing the patient with individualized medicine. So we need to move out of this, I believe, that we as practitioners have been a major source of the diseases that we currently have, and partly because we've been at war with each other. We've been touting our own skills of medicine, and we've been, in essence, in competition. And the truth of the matter is, is that nothing about the human body, nothing about our design is... It's not designed compete at all. We're here to complement one another. And so if we look at a new model of medicine, more collaborative model of medicine, that's where healthcare is headed. And that really is what is needed for people to overcome Lyme. First and foremost, knowing that it's a message. The gifts of Lyme, if they start to see it in that light, and they start to listen to more of what their body needs. And then they seek out guides instead of uh, someone that's going to rescue them. They seek out guides, guides that can tap into their body to see what it needs in order to heal itself. But they inspire the healing process from the inside out. That's really what's needed. And that's what we find um, my own clinical experience and the hundreds of doctors I've entered over the years right. find that you have to have a perfect storm for people to truly overcome Lyme to the point where they no longer need drugs and long-term supplementation, right. but they get back to living a life of flow.
0: So that brings us perfectly. You trained practitioners, yes. That's part of your yeah. your mission.
2: Yeah. So so, so yeah.
0: So go if people if if we have practitioners listening, or if a patient here says, "You know what, my doctor needs to come learn what Doctor Embry has to teach," how do they get hold of you and find out about that?
2: So they can they can go to our website, um, which is bioenergeticresources.com, dot com, and. I I know that's a long term, so let me spell it. It's B-I-O-E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C, and then resources, Resources. (laughs) (laughs)
0: R-E-R-S-O-U-R-S-E-S. Yeah, dot com. Dot com. (laughs) They
2: can't... they can Google me. I am all over social media, and from there they can get to our website but and we'll put you know, the links in the it,
0: in the show notes, but just okay. it, I think it's helpful for people who are driving around in their cars that they they
2: hear the hear the yeah. website. So the other thing is um we've also started an association, and it's called the International Integrative Medicine Collaboration
0: Okay, and what's that?
2: That is, well, we started the group on LinkedIn, and what we're looking for is to step away from the old model of medicine that was compartmentalized, where you it leaves the patient having to try to figure out which directions go in, and instead of creating a new model of medicine where we have practitioner for practitioners from all walks of life. Um, all different models of medicine who are coming together in the spirit of collaboration. So we're looking at how we can work together for the benefit of the patient. So you can see, you see integrative clinics out there.
3: Yeah. They're beginning to pop up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Many of the integrative clinics out there, the doctors in there aren't working together, Hmm. so they don't share cases. Um, that really is where we need to go and, and to honor all systems. And so that's what we're working on. And we're going to be holding some annual conferences starting in 2017. But until then, um, that my main, um, my main life's passion and work, uh, is the International College of Bioenergetic Medicine. And, um, It is a six-month intensive program for doctors who are wanting to address chronic degenerative disease like Lyme. And so we, we work with designs, but we teach them how to identify the underlying cause for each individual. So they incorporate lab tests as well as, Going in and doing energetic assessment. Through energetic assessment, we're able to isolate the Bartonella, oh. the B.C.A., the Ehrlichia, all the co-infections. We're able to look at how to break through the biofilm for that individual. Which herbs are needed? You know when to build the body up and when to um, detox. You, you, it takes a lot for the body to detox. So. Yeah. Want to do it at the right time. So, yeah, that is, um, that's um, that whole curriculum was developed from my own clinical experience where I start to draw in doctors who wanted to apprentice. And so now we teach it internationally, and um, we've been doing it for 10 years, so we have a large body of practitioners that we can refer. Um, refer you to. And they can uh, get those referrals by going to our website. And there's a lot of great information on our website, too, for the patient to learn a little bit more about bioenergetic medicine.
0: Okay. That you read my mind, that was going to be my next question about how patients can track down a doctor who's been trained by you. So you've been very generous with your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to say in wrapping up?
2: I would just say, let go and flow, follow your bliss. And if that's not happening, I would be with this open-ended question. What do you need to let go of in order for your body to heal?
0: I love it. What do you need to let go of in order for your body to heal? Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Embry.
2: You're so welcome. Thanks for the time. Take care.
1: Bye-bye now. Being an expert on being a twin, I thought that... Wait a minute,
0: wait a minute. I don't know if everybody knows that.
1: Oh, okay. I have a twin sister, uh, identical twin sister. Her name's Gabrielle. And... We never had like twin speak. So for the longest time when people would say, oh, do you have your own language and things like that? I would say no, because as far as I knew, I thought it was just an urban legend. I thought, you know, it's somebody people talked about, but it never actually happened. So it was really interesting to know that Dr. Embry had that with her twins. But you guys
0: did other weird stuff.
1: Other weird stuff. Like what?
0: Like reading the same book at the same time. We had this giant papasan chair, and they would sit in the papasan chair together, reading the same book at the same time.
1: Yeah, except she read faster than me, so I had to make her stop, and so I could catch up with her. I was
0: wondering about that. Yeah. So she read the page twice, and you read it once?
1: She, she read half a page twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, that's hysterically funny. If you need more Lime Ninja in your life,
1: <laughs> visit our website, LimeNinjaRadio.com. There you can find all 48 past episodes.
0: I archive all the episodes so you can go back and listen to them again and again. The best way to learn, the ninja way to learn, is by repetition. You'll hear something new and deepen your understanding each time you listen. So if you find a subject you're interested in, go ahead and go back and listen to the interview more than once. I promise you'll find something new. I just listened to Katina Macris's interview with Dr. Horace about 10 times in a row. And it really is, you learn something new every time, I promise.
1: All right. On the website, you can also sign up for the Ninja Insider mailing list and pick up the Lime Ninja Brain Fog protocol as our thank you.
0: And I'll be sending out soon information on our little study on Restore, which is that product Dr. Zach Bush has created. And I think it's going to help uh, you if you have Lyme Brain Fog. So go ahead and sign up, and we'll be getting that information out to you pretty soon.
1: All right. Uh, but that's not all.
0: That's not all. Lime Ninja Radio is also on iTunes,
1: Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: And lastly, this podcast would not be a Lime Ninja Radio unless we left you with the Lime Ninja Fact of the Day.
1: Did you know that a part of a ninja's training is to sit at the corner of a round table? For considering any new treatment.